Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Life Coach, Paula White, MD. If you are a physician in academic medicine and tired of feeling run down and powerless from your job, this is the podcast for you. My aim is to give you practical, actionable tips in episodes that are short enough that you can listen during your commute. Hello again. Thanks for joining me for episode three. Today, we're going to talk about choosing your thoughts. According to a study published in Nature Communications in 2020, we have about 6,000 thoughts a day. Some of them just pop into your head unbidden. Some are the result of something that you're looking at or listening to or smelling or otherwise experiencing. And some are things that you think on purpose. Sometimes we have thoughts that we don't really like, and they might make us uncomfortable. Keep in mind, those thoughts do not define who you are. It's completely normal to have thoughts come up from time to time that don't mesh well with your general mindset. It's the ones that we choose to think that represent who we really are and who we want to be. Often we have thoughts or beliefs that are sabotaging us and we don't even know it. This is where coaching comes in. After practicing self-coaching, you can learn to recognize your thoughts, choose which ones you want to keep, and redirect the ones that are a little bit errant. Redirecting a minor thought deviation isn't hard. It takes some practice to learn how, but it isn't complicated or difficult. Major thought deviations are more work, but we're going to get into that in the next episode. Sometimes a thought deviation, which is just my term for a thought that drives you to actions that don't serve you well, can get corrected with little or no effort at all. So here's an example. Before the pandemic started, I was a break room snack junkie. If someone brought in treats, I don't care what they were, I had to try them. Sometimes more than try them. I'm that jerk who cuts the donut in half because, you know, I'm definitely only eating half the donut and then comes back half an hour later and eats another quarter and then stands over the box and finally eats the last bit. I did this for decades. Sure, every now and then I'd get a little creeped out about how many people had pawed over them, but it never stopped me. Until along came COVID. Suddenly we had this deadly disease and in the early days anyway, no one knew how to treat it and it felt like it was just waiting to strike. So the food lying around public places like the hospital or office break rooms just felt contaminated. I couldn't even look at it without imagining COVID-infected people breathing over it and touching it. Nope, that became a hard pass. Break room treats went from something I would absolutely sample every single time to zero appeal whatsoever. And this happened in the space of like two or three days. My desire just vanished. It's the same food it's always been. Cookies, donuts, brownies, whatever. But I no longer have any desire for it at all. The only reason I feel differently about it is that my thinking changed. Then once I realized that this unintentional change in thinking was serving me well, I decided to keep it. There's really no upside to eating a bunch of junk food, in my opinion. And there's plenty of benefit to avoiding it, so why not keep the thought? It's fascinating that a decades-long habit changed pretty much overnight, and I've maintained it for two years now with no effort at all. To show you how you can do this intentionally, I'm going to tell you about a potentially terrible day that happened to me recently and how I coached myself out of it. Did you ever read the book Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? Funny thing, I thought it was one of my childhood favorites, but when I was writing this episode, I thought I'd better look it up. It was published in 1987. 
since I was born in 72, that means I was 15 already. So it turns out I know it from reading it to my little brother. Anyway, every time I think about this day, that book title pops into my head. So it was a clinic day. I knew ahead of time that my schedule was overbooked. There were three new OBs on the schedule, and I typically run overtime with new OBs. So I'm generally a little bit behind for a while after each new OB appointment. The workflow in my practice is that the nurses call the new OB patients a few days before their appointment, and they prep the chart in advance. It's a pretty thorough intake that they do, and it takes about 20 or 30 minutes. If the patient isn't able to do the intake over the phone, they're instructed to come in half an hour early. But sometimes it just doesn't happen for whatever reason. Maybe we have the wrong phone number, maybe the voicemail's full, maybe the patient just isn't able to come in early, whatever. Since I tend to run along for new OB appointments at baseline, it's a real challenge for me to stay on time when the intake hasn't been done first. So I'm overbooked, three new OBs, none of them have had their intake. When I got to work, I found out that the nurse was sick and they weren't able to find a nurse for clinic on such short notice. So there just wasn't gonna be any nurse in clinic at all. We had two medical assistants. One was our regular MA, who's amazing and efficient. The other was a float from another specialty. Super nice, very hardworking, but totally unfamiliar with our workflow. And the float MA was assigned to me for the day. So now I have an overbooked clinic, new OBs with no intake, no nurse, and an MA who can follow instructions, but won't be able to anticipate anything because it's just not her field. I know I had at least one procedure, which generally involved some prep work and wrap up from the nurse. Oh, and I'm pretty sure I had a conference call after clinic that I really need to get done on time. So here are some of the thoughts I was thinking. This is awful. I'm going to be so behind all day. I'm never going to get out on time. This day is going to suck. Who decided the other doc gets our usual MA and I get the float? This is so unfair. I'm always the one who has to be flexible and compromise. Why didn't those in intakes get done ahead of time? I'm not gonna have time to teach my student anything. This is gonna be a worthless educational experience for the student. Well, you get the idea. I think these are pretty normal thoughts to have, but can you hear the pity party? Can you hear how once I started down that woe is me road, I just kept focusing on the worst of everything? My brain was looking out for the worst case scenarios and convincing me that they were the only possible outcomes. Now, before I learned coaching, I'm pretty sure my day would have played out exactly as my thoughts predicted. I would have allowed this to put me in a foul mood. I probably would have been snippy with everyone. I might have fired off one or more angry emails or texts, which not only wouldn't have fixed anything, it would have taken up time that I really couldn't spare. My thinking would have made the day terrible, not only for me, but for everyone around me, except for the patients. Instead, here's what happened. After all the unhelpful thoughts ran through my head, I took a deep breath and paused. My first thought correction was, this day is not lining up how I would prefer. Then I thought, I'm going to do the best I can, improvise when needed, and everything will get done. It might not be done the way I usually usually do things, but it'll get done. It's probably not going to be my favorite day, but it won't kill me. I reminded myself that I'm an expert in efficient use of the EMR, so this is a great day to put those skills to use. Then I thought about the student. 
Well, let's face it. The student someday is going to be in attending and someday they're going to have a day like this. Why not teach the student about multitasking and teamwork and leadership? I'll narrate as I go. We'll try to cover at least a couple of medical topics, but she can learn how to handle a bad day and how to make the most of it. And last, I thought, these MAs are probably really stressed, and I'm going to do everything I can to be clear about what I need, make no assumptions, and give a ton of positive feedback. So the day went exactly as my new thoughts predicted. It wasn't my favorite day. It was definitely not my favorite way for clinic to be. But everything got done. The patients got the care they needed. The student learned. My charts got closed. I got home to my conference call in time. Because I redirected my thinking in a way that fostered problem solving and productivity, really the experience wasn't that bad. We have a little award that employees can nominate each other for when someone goes above and beyond, and I did that award for both of the MAs the next day. And instead of firing off that angry and unhelpful email when I walked into clinic, because I directed myself to be solutions focused, I was able to communicate with the nursing coordinator later and give an objective assessment of the obstacles and suggest some solutions for next time. This I think is really important. Criticism without a suggestion is just a complaint and complaints don't fix anything. All complaints do is they amplify bad feelings. But anyway, all of this happened simply just because I recognized that the way I was thinking was gonna create a bad day and I decided to go a different direction. In the last episode, we talked a bit about toxic positivity and why it's not really helpful, in my opinion. So you notice that I didn't try to tell myself, this is all great, it's no big deal. To be honest, anytime I do try and convince myself that a dumpster fire of a situation is totally fine, I, I don't believe it. It just, that approach doesn't work for me. So I didn't try and pretend to love the situation. I just remained conscious for that downward spiral of making things worse than they needed to be and turned it around. Now, am I this successful every time? Of course not. I have plenty of bad days, plenty of days where I'm not exactly showing up as my best self. But now that I know how to recognize it, I can at least see when it's happening and having awareness is huge. That's it for today. Thanks for joining me again. I hope to see you back for episode four. If you're interested in learning more or working with me one-on-one, come visit me at whitecoatlifecoach.com. Any opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.